Welcome to the latest edition of the Shukri Rights Podcast with your host, Shukri Rights. Thanksgiving edition, after all. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you, and thank you for spending part of your Thanksgiving listening to the podcast, which is always greatly appreciated. And this first segment of the podcast, I want to talk about um, the news I broke in regarding the Ravens and Steelers game being postponed to Sunday. It was initially scheduled to be played at 8 o'clock on Thanksgiving night on NBC, but because of multiple players testing positive for COVID-19, the game was delayed and pushed back. Now, I don't have a problem with it at all, and I don't think any reasonable person living through these times should understand that we are at a place in society in which that the last thing that you and I need is to be complaining about a game having to be delayed. And I saw a couple of tweets today that really got me annoyed. And for the sake of discussion, I'm not even going to specifically mention who these tweets were from. These were from a couple of Steeler players. But I just want to get this off my chest. Because number one, you complaining and tweeting out SMH, and for those who don't know what that stands for or, or isn't, you know, hip or tech savvy, SMH is shortened for shaking my head. If you're tweeting SMH, I'm sorry, but you absolutely need to have a reevaluation of your priorities because I don't understand for the life of me how this could be bad news. We are still in the midst of a pandemic, and I don't think that we're at a point in in time in which that we are trying, and I mean desperately trying to get through an NFL season. You've made it this far, and in fact, week 12 of the NFL season starts on Thanksgiving Thursday. You made it through 12 weeks, and at one point, things didn't look very good around the league. If you may remember, the Tennessee Titans had the outbreak of the virus on their team, The New England Patriots had a situation of their own. And now here we are 12 weeks into the NFL season. And you want to go and complain and cry boo-hoo about, oh, my God, the the game is going to be delayed a couple of days. Oh, this sucks. Like, give me a break. Give me a break. Like, you crybabies. Seriously. All it should do is give you the opportunity to, number one, spend time with your family if you can, or two, spend that little bit extra time preparing, you know, watching a little extra film, you know, find the positives and the negative. But here you are complaining and whining about, well, uh, what an inconvenience. Wah, wah. Like, I am amazed. I am amazed about these players complaining about the game being delayed a few days because they want to be safe. Like, it's it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean... Have you ever maybe considered that? Be grateful that you are not one of those who are sick of COVID right now. 
I mean, can we at least take that into consideration? But no. Oh my God, no. It's about me, 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 me. And I'm just like, unreal. I am absolutely just, I'm fed up. And I am just absolutely, am done. I'm done. I'm absolutely done. And there were a couple of players on the Steelers that when I saw the the tweets that came out, and I and like I said, I'm not even going to point out who it was, only for this one reason, because at this point, it doesn't matter who it was. But the fact that a couple of players decided that that you know what we're going to take the Twitter, we're going to voice our displeasure with the NFL's decision to to postpone the Thanksgiving night game to Sunday to ensure that parties on both sides it's safe is absolutely selfish and disgusting I mean good grief would you prefer that let's see two of your best players or, or even if it was player number 52 or 53 on your roster get sick and you have an outbreak in your team and you can't play for two weeks because of this because of the outbreak i mean please tell me tell me if i'm wrong because i I don't know how you can i'm annoyed because in a time in which that we should be finding positives through a negative situation and i know it's tough i know it's tough on all of us but the athletes you have a pretty good you have a pretty damn good so excuse me that you can't play on primetime Thursday night, Thanksgiving night, because the league wants to actually look out for you for once. Like, how moronic can you possibly be? Oh, wait, that's right. It's possible that you can be an absolute moron. We're not talking about the flu. We're not talking about a common cold. We're talking about COVID. And although there is vaccines being currently worked on, getting closer and closer to FDA approval, to widespread distribution, we're talking about a disease that can kill you. No, this isn't like the flu. For, For you idiots out there who say, well, COVID is like the flu. It's not a big deal. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead and go ask us 250,000 plus people who are dead because of it. Tell me how tell me how that works. And then on top of that, the part that really has me irritated the most is this. If you are an NFL fan, and if you are anybody who's in any sort of walk of life, you have got to be thinking to yourself, "Oh, okay. Well, it got postponed. Could have been a lot worse." But you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to try to make the best of it. But no, you have a couple of knuckleheads on the Steelers that come out and, and say, SMH, wah, wah. Oh, go ahead, cry me a river. As Justin Timberlake did in, in one song, literally called Cry Me a River. Cry me a river. Like, seriously, you have bigger fish to fry. and You're worrying about a game being being pushed back three days? absurd i mean last time i checked what's thanksgiving all about again oh that's right being appreciative of the blessings that you have and everything that you that you've been blessed with and that you've been given 
but oh excuse me that game can't be postponed three days because it's such a bother really give me a break give me an absolute break have we gone this far down the rabbit hole that we forgot that it's an absolute blessing just to even be healthy right now or will it take god forbid god forbid god forbid of NFL player to die from COVID before all of you, and I mean all of you, you NFL players, wake up and get out of your thick-headed skulls. Is that what it's going to take? I hope not. You never want to wait until it's too late before you finally wake up and understand the seriousness of the situation. You never want to wait until a point Whereas, oh, well, well, we should have, could have, would have. Because by that point, it's absolutely meaningless. It means nothing. So, initially, there was supposed to be a, a game on between the Ravens and the Steelers on Thanksgiving night. Instead of three games, there will, there will be two games. There will only be two games. That's it. And... You know what? Okay. That means Thanksgiving night. It means that there'll be no NFL games to watch. Not a big deal. You know, just use that time to, you know, spend with family. You know, talk to family. You know, catch up with some friends and so forth. But man, those players on the Pittsburgh Steelers who tweeted out complaining about, oh, wow, the game being postponed. This blows. I mean, I'm just, I'm paraphrasing what they said. They didn't actually come out and say, but you could tell based on the messages that that was the attitude and that was the sentiment. And it just made me sick because you could be sick of with COVID yourself. And that's the part that's scary about this is that no one, and I mean, no one should ever feel a sense of invincibility because before you know it, God forbid, it could be you. It could be anyone that you love. God forbid. And that type of mindset and that type of perspective is something that we all should have, especially on Thanksgiving. Be grateful that you have your health. If you're healthy, if you have your family nearby, be grateful that you're able to spend it with them. And most importantly, be grateful and be appreciative of the fact that you have a strong support system, whether it be, it be your teammates coaching staff the organization or even your simply your family spare me the complaining and spare, spare me the, the the complaining and the moaning over having to be inconvenienced because of a serious situation that's going on right now that is bigger than yourselves excuse me You know, life has an interesting way of teaching us lessons in which that we need to learn. And one of those lessons in life is that sometimes the grass isn't necessarily greener on the other side. Well, what do you mean? Allow me to explain. Here in New England, if you're a Patriots fan, we're all still heartbroken about Tom Brady's departure. But what seemingly is supposed to be greener pastures, right? Oh. Huh. Really? You know, sometimes 
again, as the old saying goes, the grass is not always greener on the other side. He left New England to go to the Tampa Bay because he wanted to have more options around him. Well, let's look at the options that he has. You know, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette. You know, it's an embarrassment of riches, you know, as you think. Yeah, he finally has got all the weapons he got. He's got all the toys. He's got all, all the, the glitz and glamour at the school positions. This should be a cakewalk to the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> oh, how life sometimes is <laughs> not as easy, as simple as you think, right? And for the record, I'm a Patriots fan through and through. I still love the Patriots, although they really pissed me off this season in particular. You know, I'm frustrated with Cam Newton, but I still stand by him. I still support him as my quarterback of the New England Patriots. But can we all be honest about something? And especially for the biggest Tom Brady fans there are in New England and anywhere else in the country. Let's be honest about something here. Tom Brady isn't necessarily getting what he wanted. He's actually getting exactly what he wished for. Now, there's a difference. Let me explain. I said, Tom Brady isn't getting what he wanted. Now, what he wanted was acceptance, love, to be appreciated. All of that, right? I mean, what human being doesn't want to feel loved and appreciated, whether if it's a working relationship or even interpersonal relationship or even dating relationships, marriage, you name it. We all want to feel accepted and loved, right? But Tom Brady is one guy in which that he made it very clear what he wanted. And he got it, sort of. But here's the flip side. You got a head coach who has absolutely no problem with going to the media and letting the media know how he really feels especially when you don't perform well now let me make something very abundantly clear not one time in New England ever and I mean ever when Tom Brady was a Patriot did Bill Belichick ever go to the press or the media to absolutely rip apart Tom Brady, his quarterback? Not once. Deflategate. Spygate. Not once. Even if Tom Brady had a piss poor game and he came up short in the Super Bowl, Belichick never went to the media and ripped him apart. And what do you have here? You have Bruce Arians. <laughs> you have Bruce Arians going to the media and saying that you know what? No. I'm going to go out and say this. In fact, this is what he said after Monday night's loss to the Los Angeles Rams. Arians declared, quote, we've got the guys open. We've just missed them. I think we can do a better job of utilizing the deep ball in our game plan. But when they're there, we need to hit them. We can't overthrow him. Folks, is this something that you ever heard Belichick say in New England? 
No. I mean, listen, I get that Cam Newton's a quarterback with the Patriots now. And even at times, I have been critical of Bill Belichick, you know, being too much of a grab ass when it comes to Cam Newton. And I mean, goodness grief, at this point, it's gotten really nauseating. I mean, to the upteenth degree, it's become disgusting. But the truth is this. What you're seeing in Tampa Bay is a team that is absolutely loaded with talent on the offensive side of the ball. And I mentioned the weapons that Brady has. But what you're also seeing is the potential for a team that is supposed to win completely fall apart. But they're too talented to lose. Well, here's the thing. The most talented team in the league doesn't always win the Super Bowl. I mean, we do have cautionary tales in NFL history of supposedly talented teams that are supposed to win the Super Bowl but just didn't. Should I remind Eagle fans of the 2011 Philadelphia Eagles, for example? Because I could, but I'm not going to. But that's one of the great examples in recent NFL history. Teams who were talented on paper, but did not execute on the field and did not even win the Super Bowl. So what I'm saying is that it is absolutely imperative that we as NFL fans and really Patriot fans just take stock into what's happening in, ta- in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. In fact, there was an article that was written by Ken Laird of WEI titled, Tom Brady Should Have Taken Bill Belichick Over Pride. You know, I want to start with that that, that title right there because that title right there is not inaccurate. Some may say, well, that's for quick bait. You know, that's for for bait, you know, for clicks clicks and flicks and whatever. No, 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 no. Actually... He has a point, but I'm going to read you a couple of excerpts from, from the article because I thought it, this was really interesting and quite telling in particular. This one in particular really stood out to me. He said, Ken Laird, the writer, he wrote in this article, quote, you can find on WEI.com. He wrote, I didn't think it was possible, but Brady's reputation is taking a hit. And his new boss is one of those delivering the body blows. Maybe right now Brady is feeling the same way many of us do while watching him. He never should have left New England, and agreeing to play for Bruce Arians was a flat mistake. Arians is a definition of the phrase honest to a fault, or in Brady's case, honest about his faults. The Buccaneers coach just can't help telling it as as he sees it to the media, and that truth serum continues to flow after Brady's attempt at a 48th career game-winning drive came up empty. I felt very, very comfortable in a two-minute drill until that throw. Quote, Aaron said in regards to Brady's second interception of the game. Misread on the coverage. Ooh! Ooh-wee! You talk about... Oh, my God! I, I felt that just reading that. Seriously. If you were to sit here and tell me that if that isn't being brutally honest to the core... I don't know what is because listen i'll be honest with you i had the chance to watch the game on monday night between the, the buccaneers and the rams 
And man, that was another game on national television on prime time in which that the Buccaneers absolutely just did not look good offensively. Bill, I mean, Bill Belichick, the way that he handled Brady, the way he handled the media during the 20 years that Brady was a quarterback here in New England. Again, you just didn't see that. And sometimes life has to teach you. Sometimes it's not always sweeter on the other side. But here's the truth. And here's the ugly truth. You may get exactly what you want and what you wish for. But there's a price to pay. What is that price? The price is that you are now dealing with a head coach whose demeanor is very much different from Belichick's. A head coach who, yes, he coaches you hard. But there's no telling as to how that will impact the head coach and quarterback relationship. Because I talked about this on my radio show. And for those who maybe listen to the podcast for the first time. I have a radio show. I have two radio shows, as a matter of fact. I have the Sugar Right Show on 91.5 FM WMFO, which you can hear on demand on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts as well, and Anchor. And I have another show called the Know Your Rights Program on 100.1 FM WBRS, both of which you can hear in Boston and the Boston area. And you can listen to it online as well on WBRS.org. The, the Sugar Right Show you can listen to on tune in radio 4 p.m to 5 p.m on thursdays with the exception of thanksgiving day and as well as the know your rights show you can listen to it on wednesdays live from 4 p.m to 6 p.m on 100.1 fm wbrs i've talked about this in the past in which that there is absolutely something to be said there is something absolutely astounding about what's happening in tampa bay and it's not the weapons that Brady has amassed and that he has requested. He asked for Antonio Brown. He got Antonio Brown. But here's the issue. The Buccaneers, they have a losing record since Antonio Brown came to the team. They're one and two. Yes, it's been three games. I get it. But let's be honest. How's that working out right now down in Tampa Bay? The big lesson that I see right now, and again, you still got what four games left in the regular season you still got the playoffs but the truth is you still have a lot of football left but man if tom brady does not win the super bowl this season or even next season there's going to be a lot of question marks as to brady you got what you wanted. You wanted more options and better weapons to work with. But it, but it hasn't equated to winning. And by winning in Tom Brady standards, we're talking about championships. Why is that? Something to think about. This is the start of a new era in Boston sports because for the first time... In my honest opinion, and maybe I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, someone out there tell me. But it just seems like the Boston Celtics are finally being held to the very same fire in which that the New England Patriots, the Boston Bruins, and the Boston Red Sox are being held to. 
For too long, it just seemed as if that the Boston Celtics were the type of team in which that people in Boston across New England was just like, eh, well, you know, whatever happens, we just hope for the best, you know. And within the recent uh, week, I look at the Celtics organization a bit differently, and I am of the party in which I look at this organization, and specifically Danny Ainge, with a very different eye that I used to. Now, I love the Boston Celtics. I'm a Celtics fan, love the team, and one thing that I never allowed my love for a team to do is blind me from the absolute truth. Never once have I allowed it to 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 just to, to swing me away from you know seeing players for what they really are. Because if there's one thing about this fan base that I will tell you is that I don't know what it is. I don't know what is it about Celtic fans in general, but they absolutely love to overrate their players. But when they leave, they're like, eh, well, you know, you know, he wasn't that good. Oh, like for example, Al Horford. People absolutely loved Al Horford. Even one better, Isaiah Thomas. He was absolutely beloved in Boston, no question. But he gets traded to Cleveland in a Kyrie Irving deal. It's like, oh, wow. I mean, it's in the case of Isaiah Thomas, I mean, he had that debilitating hip injury in which that cost him a good two, three years of his career. And now he recently declared himself as being 100% healthy for the first time since, what, the 2016-17 season. And in terms of Al Horford, I look at I look at that and I say to myself, huh, listen, he played his role well in Boston, wasn't great, but he played his role very well. He was an important piece to the team. But my criticism of Al Horford at the time when he was here, especially during the 2018-2019 season, was that not for his lack of production, but rather he was too quiet of a leader for me. He was too quiet. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe... This was a guy that was also that was very vocal in, in the locker room, but by all accounts, he was more of the the quiet leader, you know, lead by example, which is great. But when you needed that guy to step up big, especially when you're dealing with egomaniacs like Kyrie Irving, that you did during the 2018-19 season, and how much of a debacle that was, you say to yourself, okay, why is it that it doesn't seem that Celtic fans have? This thing where, where like they love to overrate the players that they have. Jay Crowder was one of them, but 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 the moment they leave, oh my God, you really paid that much? He's not he's not even worth that. But if the Celtics paid him that same deal, you're you're first to say on, on Twitter or social media, congratulations. You know what? I love the deal. Let's go Celtics! Woo! Like keep that same energy. Now. This is all pertaining to Gordon Hayward because news broke in regards to Gordon Hayward getting that $120 million contract with the Charlotte Hornets. And that my thing with what the Boston Celtics now is becomes, why is it so quiet? It's been a little too quiet for my good, for my liking. Like, what's up? Like, I don't understand that for the life of me. Isn't this supposed to be 
a signing trade and that unfortunately so far up until this point within the last few hours of this recording that there has been a signing trade um, talks between the Celtics and the, and the Charlotte Hornets okay fine but didn't he just recently like like sign a, a, a new deal okay, that's, that's, what it's, that's what the initial report came out a few days ago was but the deal right now apparently it's a signing signing trade for the um, between the Celtics and the and the Hornets. It's not done yet. NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reports. So according to Wojnarowski, he said that quote sources say that the Boston and Charlotte have worked on a sign and trade for Gordon Hayward and that will land the Celtics a trade exception. But the Hornets have first been trying to find a third team for Nick Batum's $27 million contract to see if there is a way to avoid waiving and stretching his money, unquote. Now, Gordon Hayward agreed to the four-year $120 million deal with the Hornets on November 21st. No problem. Great. He got his money. He got what he was seeking for. I ain't mad at him. But you're not going to sit here and tell me that that Gordon Hayward and in the way that things went down between him and um, Danny Ainge didn't create some sort of a, like some sort of like eyebrow raising like whoa Danny 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 hold up what's up my man because for someone who has done a pretty damn good job of hoarding draft picks you know and you know winning the trade and and you and you've only got one championship in 17 years to show forth what's the holdup because the problem that i have with danny Ainge is this danny Ainge for the longest of time has always been a guy about building building a reputation around the league as you know trader danny and you know in recent years we've seen hoarder danny because he sure loves those draft picks and and i can't even begin to explain why is that and i had sean silver on 98.5 the sports hub on the podcast um two episodes ago and him and i had gotten into a pretty good conversation about the celtics in terms of why is it that this team is not held to the same fire as the other three teams locally in Boston, whether it be the Patriots, Red Sox, or the Bruins. But the Celtics, I feel like with Danny Ainge, it's time for the criticism. It's time for some pretty harsh criticism, if there hasn't been already, from the fan base. I'm not, I'm not talking about from talk show hosts, podcast hosts. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about from the fan base. Because for far too long, you and I have seen over the last five years in particular, you, you 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 do this whole rebuild great the rebuild went went fine great you get to three conference finals over the last four years fine cool but you have yet to have appeared in the NBA finals you have yet to you know transfer all of that success into a championship and at the end of the day you're judged by NBA titles and yeah you win the trade but you haven't won an NBA title for it to show for it I haven't seen it. And I'm at a point now with Danny Ainge in which that I look at him and I say, dude, you got greedy. I don't know what your problem is in terms of in terms of um Gordon Hayward. And you know what? I'm not upset that Gordon Hayward is no longer a Celtic. I'm not. 
because he has yet to have shown me what he can do when he's fully healthy. And that's been his problem, the health aspect. I'm not faulting him for the injuries that he sustained opening night of the 2017, 2018 season. I'm not faulting him for for his inability like to, to stay healthy or for what it could be a myriad of reasons for that. But the truth is, you look at Gordon Hayward, it was like, listen, this is a this was a, a good player that did, you know a handful of things good, but not great. Mid-range jump shot, good, not great. Ability to shoot from the range. Good is okay. Good, not great. Rebounding. Good, not great. I mean, this wasn't this isn't a guy like in which that I looked at during his time as a soldier and say, oh my god, this is a great, great player. I never got that feeling from him. And now that he's gone, my issue isn't with Gordon Hayward, but rather with Danny Ainge. My issue with Danny Ainge is You've done a lot of hoarding over the last few years. Draft picks, draft picks, draft picks. Fine. But what do you have to show for it? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I really do wonder. And I asked this question once on my radio show. In which, is this team ever going to be good enough? to win a title with Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens at the helm, respectively as GM and as head coach. I really have my doubts now. I have my doubts because the problem that I have with Danny Ainge is that you you bring in a bunch of good pieces, but not the big piece that's going to help you get over the hump. I haven't seen that since the day you acquired Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen prior to the start of the 2007-2008 season. We all know how that ended. And I'm not saying that he has to go out and make the home run trade every single time or make the home run signing every single time. But the idea of him being, you know, Trader Danny, like it's it's a bunch of baloney at this point. It doesn't fly. It doesn't stick. Because you've, you've had more than enough evidence to point to and say that, you know what? Not all your draft picks have panned out. Not all. The one that did... Congratulations, he's now the face of your franchise. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, a very good and comparable player to Jason Tatum on this team. But the, the, the jury is still out on Kemba Walker. That remains to be seen. The, the jury is still out on, on Robert Williams, Grant Williams. That remains to be seen. So with that being said, Danny Ainge deserves a great deal of criticism and a lot of scrutiny because at this point in juncture, I can't sit here in good conscience and look at the Celtics and say that, you know what, they are a legitimate championship contender. They're not. They're a middle-of-the-pack team in the Eastern Conference while the rest of the Eastern Conference has gotten better. Miami, gotten better. Milwaukee's gotten better. Toronto is getting better, and they will continue to get better given that they've now re-signed Fred Van Vliet to, to a contract extension. I don't see the Celtics getting any better. In fact, I think I think it's absolutely fair to say that this team may have very well just taken a step back. I don't think it's unfair to say. So my question to you, Celtics fans, as I end this podcast episode, how do you view Danny Ainge at the end of this transaction between the Hornets and the Celtics? 
in which that this is now a signing trade with Charlotte for Gordon Hayward. How do you feel about Danny Ainge? How do you feel about this team moving forward and its prospects to capture banner number 18? That'll be all for this edition of the Shooker Rights Podcast. This is Shooker Rights signing off. Thanks for listening. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And I'll talk to you guys again next week. Take care, everybody. Thank you.